0: Welcome to the Awake Church podcast. At Awake, our mission is simple. Know God, take action. We pray this podcast will help you on that journey. All right, Um, I want to share here this morning um, on something that has to do with the, the logo up there. Uh, I talked a couple of weeks ago about knowing God, if you're here, Um, got to talk about relational aspect of knowing God, what that means a little bit, how we do it some, and uh, the the importance of our relationship with God. Today, I wanna switch gears a little bit and talk some more about the second half, the taking action part, which is a part of our motto. And we got this motto, by the way, from the bible it's daniel chapter 11 verse 32 the second part of that it says those who know their god will display strength and they'll take action those who know god something happens when you know god you can display strength and take action and so taking action can mean several different things Um, but it really is, I think, a missional aspect of what we are called to be. Every single person, not just some. I think we all have been given a calling. We've all been given a purpose. We've all been given different gifts, skills, and then we've added to ourselves gifts and skills along the way, or skills at least, along the way. But they are to be employed in this kingdom that we are in. It's pretty amazing. So I wanted to really talk some about that today and that taking action part is really an overflow of knowing God. It's the overflow of knowing God. So it doesn't, it's not just me knowing God and that is where a person can become religious in in the bad sense. If we just um, know about God and have information plus tradition plus appearance, that's religion. And what we don't want to do is that. We want relationship with God we want information understanding of who he is but then there's that outflow the overflow part that is the taking action doing something with what we've been given it's being filled up and letting what's been put inside of us leak out and love and you know Jesus said it this way he said um, if you follow me if you come to me rivers are going to come out of you rivers are going to burst out from your innermost being, and they it's not going to dry up. So you have something that is going to come out of you, not just what I'm going to put in you. I'm going to put my spirit in you is what Jesus did and said, but it's not just to stay there. There is an outflow. There's an overflow of what of what comes out of us, and it's amazing. It's what we get to do. It's what we get to, to partner with him. Um, our salvation... Your salvation is secure. Isn't that great to know? When there was some overflow and Jesus sent the disciples out and they were casting out demons and healing people and they came back super excited and Jesus said, don't rejoice in that. Rejoice that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Rejoice in that. Rejoice that it is secure. You're secure. Eternity is set with you that you will live forever. Elements of that eternity and the reward, that's different. And some of that reward has to do with the taking action, with the utilizing what God has put on the, on the inside of us and giving it away. So let's, um, let's, well, let's turn to Romans 12. If you have your Bible, it will be up on the screen. If not, there are many ways that taking action happens and can happen for us, with us, ways that we choose But God has a plan for each one of us, a purpose for each one of us. He has things for you to do. He has things for you to do. Do you realize that? There are things for you to do that are in God's heart. Dreams that God has for you are waiting to be fulfilled. God has a plan. You've heard that probably throughout your lives, but it's true. And some of those plans are not how we think. We've talked about that before. They're going to be a lot different than what we think. But he does have a plan. And we get to step into this plan of his as we do some things. And and here's some practical ways in which some of this happens. So in in Romans chapter 12, let's just start reading. We're going to read several verses here. Start with verse 1. Paul says, Therefore I urge, which means to appeal or to beg, I urge you, I appeal to you, I beg you, brethren, by the mercies of God, and man, God is full of mercy, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice. Now that language, if that letter were written uh, today, um, I doubt he would use the word sacrifice because that's not a part of our culture. Sacrifice. Speaking to the Romans here, whether you were Roman Um, serving Roman gods, or whether you were uh, Jewish, you were very familiar with sacrifice. because It had to deal with killing animals, blood all over the place, altars, fire, smoke, smell, gore, all of those things. So when he says here, you have to realize the context here, present your bodies a living, glad he added that word, a living sacrifice. You don't have to die. Jesus died for us. But present your bodies a living sacrifice. That that person that is given over to the Lord's purposes, that's doing the Lord's purposes as a holy sacrifice, acceptable to him, which is your spiritual service of worship. Verse 2, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed By the renewing of your mind. Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed. It's where we're in the world, but not of it. We are smack dab in the middle of dark places. We're in the smack dab in the places where people need Jesus, but yet we're not thinking the way they think. We are not behaving the way that they are behaving. We're being transformed by the renewing of our minds so that you may prove what the will of God is. That which is good and acceptable and perfect. Verse 3. For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. Everyone, God has given a measure of faith. I think we can grow our faith by exercising it, but he's given all of us a measure of faith. Verse 4, for just as we have many members in one body... And all the members do not have the same function. So we, who are many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. We are members of one another. This body, not just this fellowship, but the worldwide church of Jesus Christ, the body of Christ throughout the world. We are one body, one family, one large family. Verse six, since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, Each of us is to exercise them, the gifts. Exercise the gifts that are given to you. Use them. Accordingly, if prophecy, according to the proportion of his faith, if service in his serving, or he who teaches in his teaching, he who exhorts in his exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness, Let love, verse 9, be without hypocrisy. Let love be without hypocrisy. And you can probably add there and not be heretical. You can do everything without hypocrisy. would probably be a good thing, right? Abhor what is evil. Hate the things that are evil. Cling to what is good. Don't hate people, but hate things that are evil. Cling to what is good. Verse 10, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. Not lagging behind in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. So as we're devoted to people, to others, in brotherly love, we're also serving the Lord here. Rejoice in hope, verse 12. Persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer, contributing to the needs of the saints, practicing hospitality. There's a lot in here. This is a great guide for Christian living, though. It really is. And, and really, the, the context of this is really toward the saints, toward those who are in this family, in this body. And certainly, it applies to some, you know, outside of that. But particularly here, we'll read another scripture later, talking about this fellowship that we have. We don't see ourselves as greater than another person, that we prefer one another and that we live a life where we are serving each other, live a lifestyle where we're we're serving one another. I've found personally that the happiest, most joyful, most peace-filled people are the generous people, the serving type of people. I've also found that the grumpiest, unhappiest people that I know are those that don't serve, That don't give, that aren't generous, and their focus is on themselves. That's just. Have you found that to be true also? Which doesn't make sense in some ways. You would think that you're self-focused and everything's about yourself. You'd be the happiest because it's all about you. But it, the kingdom doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Even the natural world doesn't work that way. When we give when we serve when we pour out through us for other people there is a joy that gets filled in that spot somehow Amen. i can't explain it but there is this like getting to be a part of what god is doing on the earth it's partnering with him um it's it, you know if you are if you've ever been on the mission field there are elements of it particularly like short-term missions they're intoxicating in a great way, because you see God use you in a way that you've never seen before, and it's like, you want to do that again. I want, to, I want to see another person's life change like this. This is amazing. I get to partner with God in this way. It's serving, and then it's like, you're raising money, thousands of dollars, to go on a trip on a miserable plane ride for hours and hours and hours to do it again. Because something happens and we were created, especially as a new creation, part of the way God made you as a new creation is to be a generous, liberal giver, where you are looking to give away what God has deposited on the inside. We are looking to encourage and release encouragement. We are looking to, how can I give, whether it's monetary, whether it's spiritual, whether it's prayer, whether it... It's just encouragement, whatever it is. As you do that, or to help someone in some way, there is an amazing thing. It's it's the nature of God. It's like participating with his nature because he is the greatest giver, the most generous being ever anywhere. For God so loved the world that he gave. It's his nature to give. And when we participating, giving, and serving. It's we are participating in the nature of God. It's like we are, we're like him in this way. It's who he is. It's what he's like. Fallen nature is the exact opposite. It is all about me, right? And so when we serve in this family of believers, a few things happen. One is it touches God's heart. It's also a part of what we were made to do. And Here's another fringe benefit. I think you begin to discover your purpose. I have found, just as I've discovered miserable people are not generous, and I've discovered giving people are happy, I've also discovered that purpose oftentimes that God has in calling for our lives emerges and surfaces and is revealed as we serve other people. It's an interesting thing. There's not really a book about that. It sounds counterintuitive, but it, there is something that honestly really does happen as you do that. I've got, you know, from my own, my own life, my own experience, I, I found that to be true. I'll, I'll Just a little of my story. And I don't want to tell you all the things I've done because I want some reward in heaven that you don't know about, honestly. <laughs> but I, I'm going to tell you enough to just hopefully encourage you. But, um... When I was in my early 20s, I got hired by the government, uh, went undercover, lived overseas, and I found myself living these uh, varied lives. Uh, one was my cover life, and I was 22 years old. And then I had my real job. And then I got all fired up because I started going to this church that had planted 600 other churches in that nation, one congregation. I had planted 600. And so the pastor almost immediately got me involved. Plus, I was one of the few people in this poor country that had a vehicle. (laughs) Got me involved to travel to bless and encourage these 600 churches. So I would spend my time and a lot of money traveling and taking people with me, and we would go into the jungles to minister and ends up we would be casting out demons sometimes sometimes it'd just be a message there'd be always prayer all amazing but it was a highlight of my life in many ways was this going and giving and spending my money on other people and as I did that for a couple of years and then I got involved in other places where I lived at this um I lived at a Christian community for a little while. Did a little bit of training there, and this it just hit me that part of what the grounds needed, uh, would, we had 17 toilets on the, on the property. And so I felt what I wanted to do was be the person who cleaned every toilet. Now, that's not too glorious or glamorous. But that's what I did. So I, I did that, and then as I was pouring myself into ministry and helping others, I'm going to tell you what. I never one time wanted to be in ministry full time. In fact, I ran from that, just to let you know. I ran the opposite direction. I wanted to be used of God where I was. I wanted to be used as a business person where I was, which is good. I had no idea that God had some other things in mind for me. But as I served and gave and continued to give, and then they ended up putting me in charge of the Sunday evening service, and I was leading the small groups, or a small group, and then the youth group, as I was gotten really involved in doing a lot of stuff, pouring my life into serving other people, God began to speak to me about my own journey and the plan that he had for me, which was contrary to what I had in my mind. I did not want to be a pastor. I did not want to be in ministry. I want to be a business person who could still have some money (laughs) and still get to serve. But God began to highlight over years, highlight a calling that I didn't know existed in my life. And I'm so glad he did. But I don't know that that ever would have been highlighted for me had I not poured myself into serving. Because it started to emerge and God started to show me. And I I've, I've found it's kind of like, you know, the person who says, man, you know what? When I win the lottery, I'm going to give. I mean, I'm going to give. I'm going to give tens of millions when I win the lottery. So when I have a lot, I'm going to give a lot. But you find if you, if you follow people who win the lottery, it doesn't usually happen. There are a few that do, but usually they get focused on themselves. Because who you are along the way doesn't just change with a bunch of money. And honestly, if, if we have a mindset of, once I really know all of my purpose, once God makes that so clear, then I'll serve. Doesn't happen that way either. It's actually the exact opposite. It's, there's serving and giving and generosity and God just reveals things along the way. It's not a lottery system. He, it just doesn't seem to work that way. God does things different than I do them. And I'm really thankful. Back to Romans 12 for a second. One of the verses in there said, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. 2 Timothy 3 Paul says this, but realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. For people will be lovers of self. Now, see if this rings true, okay? Perhaps we're in some of the last days. People will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, slanderers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, never gonna make, not gonna deal with any relational things, I'm just gonna walk away. Not gonna reconcile in any way. Malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lo- Excuse me, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Holding to a form of godliness, so he's talking about not just worldly stuff, he's talking about church people. Holding to a form of godliness, although they've denied its power, avoid such people as these. Wow. There's uh, some insight into what will happen in the last days, which obviously I think we're in a part of that. The One that stood out to me here for today is lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. We are in a culture in a, an environment, and a society that is consumer-based 100%. You realize that, right? Yeah. I mean, it's all about me. And it's all about what I want on any given moment. I, I've thought about entertainment. Entertainment's an, an interesting thing. I mean, we have so many forms of entertainment, um, from professional and collegiate sports uh, to concerts. Um, goodness sakes, oh, I should read my list, then I'll, I won't forget TV, news, gaming, tons of entertainment. And not that it's all bad. I was at a game last night. It was an extremely long football game last night if you watch the weight game, but I enjoy it. But entertainment has its place, but it's not supposed to be the ruling thing or the primary thing in our lives. Uh, If you go look at thousands of years of history, what you see is those who got entertained daily were only kings or really rich people. Yet today, entertainment is what most people have based their lives on. I mean, if, if social media is a form of entertainment, then hello. Right, we're constantly wanting to be fed something. And then um, you know, life can be like a remote control for your TV you know, with thousands of options. And it's just, what do I want to see? What do I want to have? What do I want to enjoy? And that type of consumerism... Is dangerous for us as believers because the kingdom is not that way. Yes, enjoy some things, not saying that, to not. Yes, receive. We get to receive so much from God, we get to receive so much from the Spirit, but we also should not only be focused on what we receive and what we get, but what we give. Remember what JFK said, ask not what your country can do for you, but you can do for your country. That would be almost blasphemy nowadays. But that is, I mean, that was a great thing to, to say. In the kingdom, we really should be asking God, what can I do for your kingdom, right? And not just what your kingdom can do for me. Um, sometimes we can go into even a church with the mentality of, boy, I hope the worship is just like this and sings these songs that I really prefer, or the pastor you know is um, preaching my political doctrine or whatever it is you know we can want things the way we want them like the remote control I don't like that one switch it's not just how I like it on that Sunday switch I'm going somewhere else I'm just telling you this is our this is the culture we 're in it's everywhere it's everywhere but what is if if we have god's heart then it's What do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? How can I, I'm looking to serve and give. I'm gonna enjoy some things. I need messages that resonate with me. I need worship that causes my heart to come alive, yes. But it's not just so I have perfect comfort and it's everything that I want and need. It's I am looking to be a part of this family so that I can give so that I can be a part of something and serve, so that the gifts that God has jam-packed on the inside of me can get trained and grow and be used, and other people's lives can be changed. And the world can be changed, right? You guys got super quiet. But it's really true. It just, it's, just our, it's, our, it's a situation we find ourselves in. So, you know, the Jesus mentality is, is so different... Um, and sorry for the, the guys with the, the doing the, the media here, because I'm going to switch around here a little bit on the scripture. But Matthew 20, 28, Jesus said this I have not come to be served. Isn't that interesting? But to serve and give my life as a ransom for many. Now, we don't have to give our life as a ransom for many. Jesus did that. But he came, his whole purpose as God was not to get worship. He came to serve and pour out and give and purchase all of us. Pretty amazing. And then those who follow him, he said, if you're gonna follow me, guess what? You have to die daily. A death to yourself, a death to the self-centeredness, a death to, it's, got, it's all about me, a death to what do I get out of this? And what do I get to give? What do I, I always say in uh, marriage, premarital marriage counseling. I say the same thing. Please list all the things that you have going into this marriage to give, not what you're going to get out of it. Because if you can focus as two married people on what you have to give rather than what you're going to get, marriage can thrive. But if you go into it focused on what you're getting out of this, this is a setup for divorce already. Because you're going to suck the life out of each other. And you're not going to be satisfied. And it's not going to end well. But if we go into this thing, what do I get to give? God has put these things inside of me. I'm going to give. And if you do that, then in a natural way, you'll actually receive the things that you want as well. But it's the the focus is on giving. Matthew 23, verse 11, in the Passion Translation says, The greatest among you, this is Jesus, will be the one who always serves others. Jesus says it this way. Isn't that amazing? The greatest among you will be those that serve other people. Find someone who serves, who's giving of themselves. They're the greatest in Jesus's estimation. I think that's upside down from the world right now, right? In the world, it's the, the greatest are those who are adored by others, who are followed by others, who are liked by others. Jesus' world is, nope, no, nope, no, nope. it's... Those who serve, they're the greatest. Galatians 5.13, For you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters, speaking to us too, only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but serve one another through love. Use the freedom that you have to put service into action to take action by helping other people. And in that, you will feel a satisfaction. There will be. And it always won't be fun. Toilets are not always fun to clean. They just aren't. But there is is reward. There is satisfaction. There is something where you're serving him in a way that um, you can't value here, but he has a value for it. And it says that when he returns, his reward is with him. It's for everything that we've done in his, for his namesake. Everything that we've done and where we've served other people and loved other people. I don't know what that reward looks like, but it's good. You are a little bit like a battery. It needs to get charged often, and then it just needs to be used and give away its power. I need to be charged and listen to the Lord, hear from him, receive from him, get filled by him, but then I I need to give it away. If I don't, if I just stay with that charge, oh, it's not always good even for a battery in that sense. You need to give away and get recharged. And that's a healthy life is one that receives and that gives and that receives and that gives. It's kind of like the waves. They come on the shore and then they recede and then they come on the shore and they recede. There's a rhythm in the kingdom of you and I receiving from heaven on a daily basis, but also serving and giving that keeps us healthy that keeps our minds clear, that keeps our hearts alive and in a good place where it's not self-focused. Self is always the enemy and it's what the enemy uses. The devil uses our selfishness as his co-laborer and partner. You see that in James, that he says, what are the cause of the wars in this world and all the murders and things like that? It's our selfishness. It's our selfishness. So the devil uses selfishness Serving is the exact opposite of that. One of the things that has been difficult through COVID is that it has caused an isolation in people, right? People stay at home, we're told to, we were especially in the beginning. Don't go out, don't talk to another person. If you do, stay a long way away from them. Um, And so the more isolated that we become the not only weirder we become. You find I'm, that's, And that's true. You find isolated people who are only to themselves are left with their own thoughts and they get really weird. We are not intended to be isolated. There are moments and times and maybe a month of prayer and dedication to the Lord and things like that's different. But we are not called to live a monk life that's separate from people. Everything that God has related to His calling their purpose for you is related to serving people. Isn't that amazing? It's related to helping build his body or touch someone that is, doesn't know him yet. That's a pre-Christian. That's how God does things. We're called to be around one another and to serve one another. It's, a, it's an amazing thing. And so it, even through the COVID thing and having to isolate we have to make sure that we don't continue to live that way. That we then change that and press back in um, to what the Lord has for us and ways that we can serve. And I want to encourage everybody to have a transformed mind. To find places, if you haven't already, to serve, whether it's in this fellowship or it's outside of this fellowship. But to find ways to serve. Even if you're in full-time ministry to find ways additionally from what you're paid to do to serve, to find people to love on, to minister to, to give, to do menial things. There's something powerful in it, Helps keeps us healthy. It it helps ground us. And I can say, honestly, just through COVID and kind of a um, state of the ministry in a sense here is that our volunteers went with COVID, of course, because everyone was gone. But as we've now returned and are as big as we've ever been, we still don't have a lot of volunteers. And so I would encourage you, that's not to, I'm not spanking anyone. (laughs) This is, I'm just encouraging you to not let anything would be an isolation or a consumer mentality to stay, but to get involved because we need you and other people need you. They need you to be involved in giving and serving and loving. And I mean, I think of our prophetic teams, you know, giving encouraging words to people, life changing words. We need more people on those teams. Uh, the teams that minister up here, the kids' ministry that's going on, ushering, coffee ministry. I mean, nearly every area here from greeters, every part we have, I don't know how many, over 100 volunteers typically. Um, those are just some areas that are very practical here, just in our. Um, little sphere right here, that we would love to have you serving and giving and committing to do what you say. Also, that's a that's a big part of what the um, the enemy doesn't want us to do is to follow through on things. Uh, and part of being a Christian is not only serving but following through with commitment. I know that's an evil word sometimes in our culture right now too. Commitment. Ooh. Got to stay away from that. I have a friend actually, this is kind of a joke, but I asked him over for dinner one night and he said, uh, he said I can't, I'm busy. What are you having? So his, his commitment, his commitment to the thing he was supposed to be doing could be shifted. Based on what we were serving at our meal that night, right? And that can be that could be us in, in one sense, you know? I'm committed to do this. I'm going to help. I'm going to serve in this way. And then something else comes up. Oh, hey, you know, I think I'm not going to do that now. I'm going to go over here. That is part, that's a problem. That's a problem. I'll tell you one small story here where the Lord tested me in this thing. And I was, when I was in the government, um, I was invited, well, before I was invited, I committed... A friend of mine was moving from, I lived in Washington, D.C. area, and he was moving to Florida with his family. And so I took days off of work to load up his truck, rental van, and then drive the rental van to Florida to unload it to drive back. So that was what I committed to over a three-day period. So I had it set aside. And then my boss came to my office one day, and he said, hey, Matt. He said, I've got an amazing assignment for you. He said, um... The director of the CIA, I mean the top the top cheese, is going on a trip down the Colorado River through the Grand Canyon, and he needs communication support, which is what I did, and I'd like to send you to do that. Here are the dates. <laughs> the dates I'd be driving a rider van and sweating and loading beds and dressers and clothing and going to Florida and then unloading in 95 degree heat and all that right and i looked at him with sorrow (laughs) because i had committed to my friends this is what i'm going to do i'm going to help you i'm going to follow through on my word and i never even told them but i said i can't do it i'm sorry man it killed me i hated it but i helped my friends move He was miserable I came back, I got back, and I said, You know, who did you end up sending on that trip? And they said, Oh, he canceled it. No one went. Uh, Oh, well, okay. That helps me a little bit. But (laughs) anyway, what that, there is something about committing and following through that is also like the nature of God. It's what he does. He's faithful. Why is he faithful? Because he said he would do things and he does it. Right? He follows through. Now he's the greatest giver and so generous, but he follows through on his word. His word means something. It's the nature of his kids to do the same thing. When we say we're going to do something, we follow through, we do it. Because it's who I am in him. And you know what? He'll take care of the other things. And even if uh, a really nice meal pops up, <laughs> it's okay, he's got other ones for me. Even if a nice trip down the Colorado River pops up, He's got, it doesn't matter. It's going to be okay. He's got something else. There's something that you will come alive in your serving. I come alive in my serving. There's something so amazing about it. So I want to encourage you to do it. And it does sound self-serving because we're a church and we need your help at the same time. But it really is giving you opportunity to be involved here, to serve. If you would like to be involved in any of the areas that we have here, um, you can come talk to, whether it's Debbie or the person at the Welcome Center, it's Dawn right here. Beth, are you here somewhere? If you are, wave at me. There she is. In the back, um, you can connect with or, or Brad, GTs. There's another area to serve and lead. Brad, where are you? You got you to say loud. There you are. Brad's right there so many different areas to lead and serve and be a part. We actually have toilets here too that need clean. I'm, kid, I'm, I'm kidding about that one because we actually paid some, pay someone to do that. So we don't need that one. But I encourage you to dive in and serve somewhere. Again, if it's not here, somewhere else. Find a place to give of yourself and watch what God will do in your life, your heart, all those things. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this incredible day you've given to us for this life you've given to us, for these babies you've given to us. Thank you, Lord, that we get to partner with you on the earth in this kingdom by doing what you said here through Paul to to the Romans, by preferring one another, by serving, by being like you and giving, by humbling ourselves and and doing the kind of things that you would do in giving and loving and encouraging and preferring. Lord, I ask that you would put this in our hearts even stronger. Lord, that you would even give us ideas right now or places that we would love to be a part, we'd love to to serve, we'd love to volunteer. Lord, and I pray that purposes that you have for each one here would emerge. Purposes they didn't even know they had, gifts they didn't even know they had, talents they didn't even know they had, things that you've deposited on the inside would begin to emerge as they continue to pour out and to give in so many different ways. Lord, thank you for your goodness, your love, your kindness, the way you've served us and ransomed us. Thank you for not coming to be served, but to serve and to change our lives. And we give our lives back to you even now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. For updates on future episodes, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review to let us know how we're doing. For more information about Awake Church, visit awakechurch.com.